Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Studio Movement in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. I am very excited to have you. Thanks for spending some time with us here this morning. Let's hop into it. Tell us what Studio Movement is all about. Yeah, you bet. So Studio Movement is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of downtown Guelph. Uh, We're located just about an hour outside of Toronto. Uh, we are offering services such as personal training, fascial stretch therapy, classes like yoga, Pilates, boot camps, and spin, uh, all located in a chiropractic wellness center. So having a lot of referrals upstairs to downstairs, just really trying to get an integrative approach to uh, helping people uh, move more, move better, and move pain-free. All right. So we're going to dig into some specific things about who you are and who you aren't as a studio, because you've, you've kind of drawn a line in the sand. And, and I appreciate that because it, you're going to serve the people in your community better. But before we get there, give us a little bit of backstory. You didn't uh, wake up one day and decide I'm going to be a trainer. I'm going to open a studio. You've put some time in the game on um, execution and management. So give us that uh, backstory. Yeah, for sure. So I've been in the fitness industry for 10 years now. I actually started just part-time when I was in my undergrad at Western University. I was taking spin classes. They said, hey, we're actually having a spin certification this weekend if anybody wants to teach this. And I thought, hey, that sounds kind of cool. Maybe I'll give that a try. So I started teaching spin, absolutely fell in love with uh, moving my body with other people and uh, wanted to continue that. So then I took my yoga certification. That was step two. I came to Guelph for my masters decided to continue that as my part-time gig <laughs> uh, while I got through my schooling. So I got my personal training certification. I did my TRX certification. I just kind of started to snowball all of these certifications where it became my like total love passion for fitness and helping people. So when I graduated my, uh, my master's in nutrition, I decided that I would wanted to stay in the fitness world and became the fitness program coordinator at the University of Guelph, where I managed a uh, hundred people actually. Um, so the fitness center staff and all the dance yoga Pilates programming all fell under my realm. I uh, did that for about two and a half years. Uh, I was a very managerial position. So although I was actually on the fitness floor, I was doing a lot more of the back end admin work, which was awesome and really helped me uh, get to where I am today, but decided that I wanted to do more of the hands-on work. So left that, went to work for one of the corporate uh, organizations around here, was a personal trainer, fascial stretch therapist instructor there for about two years, but that's kind of in and take with a little bit of COVID stuff, a little bit of closure here, a little open, a little closed, a little open. <laughs> um, and uh, a bunch of my clients kind of approached me. They didn't feel comfortable in the, the big settings anymore, just with COVID being uh, a hot topic, which it was, it still is, but not so much. This was more like last year where it was still really, really stuck and inundated in it. Um, so I kind of said, I, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I don't feel comfortable. And I just had this idea, what if I were to open something small? Would you feel safe? Would you feel comfortable if you were in a smaller space or it was just you and me? And I had a, a lot of people saying, yeah, that's, that's really what I want. I don't actually not want to do fitness. I just don't want to 
do fitness here. <laughs> so I was able to kind of take this leap of faith and open a gym in the middle of a pandemic where other gyms were closing left, right, and center because I was able to have some clients that this is exactly what they were looking for. Um, so that is where kind of where we got to today or uh, at the start of last year as we just did celebrate our one-year anniversary to get to the keys to the studio last June 1st. All right, so lots of things leading up to it. Probably a million conversations with yourself, with, with other people. Hey, if I were to do this, this is what it would look like. This is, um, you know, this is how I'd want it to be. So there are a couple of things that I want to dig into there a little bit more. Um, when it came to the location that you chose, uh, you're in a facility that's got other health and wellness practitioners. So there's definitely an integrated kind of holistic opportunity there. Um, you went with um, a space that was able to be divided into a couple of main areas. So how much of that was planning? How much of it was opportunity that you ended up in this space, roughly 1200 square feet, kind of split between a couple of different training floors, the actual physical location, you know, how much of that was, was luck and how much of that was, you know, what you exactly had planned? Yeah. So, um, I had gone around and basically done a drive around Guelph to figure out one, where did I want to be? Um, I kind of wanted, to, I knew that I didn't want to be too far North of the, in the city because I actually live in the South end. So selfishly, I was like downtown and South. <laughs> uh, so part of it was like, I, I kind of capped myself out where I even wanted to be in a, in a general term. The second part came to knowing that I did want to offer classes and personal training. It would be really hard to only have one space. So I looked at a couple of spaces where it was just one big giant room, um, which was more of like a personal training space, which you totally could host classes in, but it was going to be really hard for me to tell a trainer or even myself, Hey, you can't take a noon client because there's a class at that time. So I really want, was looking for a space where I could have classes separate from training so they could run simultaneously um, so that one, I could double the finances at the same hour. <laughs> that was the main reason. So I, I knew what I was looking for and I didn't know really where to go from there because a lot of the spaces I was looking at was just one big giant room. I had reached out to a couple of people that I knew, just let them know that I was, I was looking and if they saw anything to let me know. One of my old trainers that I used to work with reached out and said, hey, I just got approached about the basement of Norfolk Chiropractic. They would like me to take it over. I'm not interested, but I thought of you. Um, if you're interested, I'll connect you too. Um, so I got set up with Dean who owns upstairs. We met and basically guns a blazing decided this was the right fit and that I would be taking over the studio uh, as the previous gym owners. There, it was already operating as a gym before. I had some renovations to do, but they had already opened a new location and were moving full-time to their new location. So I was able to take over the space uh in last june awesome all right so you get the space um, as far as the planning goes for where you were going to set your pricing what type of services you're going to offer you had a ton of ideas but also um, above and beyond just talking to other people who were just in the business or people who weren't in the business that i'm sure would be happy to give you their opinions. You also sought out some mentorship. So you found a business coach. So what drove you to look for an actual coach? When did you start working together and how instrumental was that in the setup that we have right now? 
Yeah. Um, so I started, uh, I actually wasn't intentionally looking for a coach. Um, even though I'm so glad that that opportunity came my way because I don't think I would be where I am today without having worked with him. Um, I was actually taking a 12, I think it was eight or 12 week course with his wife. So his wife, uh, was doing a social media marketing course that I had signed up for. And I wanted to learn how to market my business. Cause I don't have a business marketing background. All of my education is, is in science. So I was doing this six week or uh, yeah, I think a 12 week course. And at the end of it, I had a one-on-one call with her and I was telling her what I was doing and I was super excited. And she's just like, have you thought about working with like a, a mentor or a coach? And I was like, I didn't think about it. It's a great idea because to be honest, I know how to train people, but I don't really know how to run a business. I have um, some, a general idea. My family's in business. I would have ways to like talk to business as a whole, but I don't really know how to run a fitness business per se. So she said, you should really work with my husband because he, this is what he does. He just helps brick and mortar people. She says, I'm in the online world. He does more of the brick and mortar. I help people open gyms or, or, um, improve their gyms. So I thought, you know what, I have absolutely nothing to lose by checking this out. So I started working with him last May, April or May. I want to say it was, um, so we're just over a year now as well, um, decided that this was going to be an awesome thing to have him in my corner. Cause again, I've got, my family is all in business, but they don't know the fitness business. <laughs> uh, and they're very different. I mean, business is business and, and how businesses operate are, are very different. So he was actually able to help me open the studio by setting pricing, setting marketing guidelines, creating packages. What does that look like? What do we want to do? What do we not want to do when opening a business? And he was able to just say, listen, I've done all of these things and I had to learn the hard way and lose money doing this or, or have upset people doing that. So let's just skip that for you. And we're just going to do this right from the get-go. And it has been amazing. It has been so instrumental to have somebody in my corner who has been a cheerleader for me since day one, as I was going through my renovation process, but then also see the programs grow, um, and, and just, and watch the, the, the gym flourish over the last year. Fantastic. And I think that's one of those things that, you know, in having a lot of these conversations on the air, off the air, it can be a hard realization. And sometimes it's, it could be a year or five or However, however long down the road to say like, oh, like I'm really good at training people. I understand this, but there's more to the business than just giving great service and helping people tell people there's, you know, a lot of people are good on social media now, but don't know how to leverage that into conversations where we can help people there. There are a lot of missing components. And, you know, obviously us having this podcast is one of the things that um, we try to bridge the gap, right? We're big proponents of having a mentor, having a coach, getting in with, with people like that. But also, you know, it, at least there's an in-between, right? There's doing it on your own. And at least here, you know, we're trying to, to spread good ideas, including finding a coach. So I'm glad that you did that early and it maybe stopped you from some of the growing pain, some of the mistakes that there could have been. Sure. I'm sure not everything is, you know, rainbows and puppy kisses still, but it's really, it seems like it's put you in a position where you're very comfortable to where you are as a business in the steps that you're going to take. Um, are there any big things that you think you could have gone down the wrong path had you not had a coach? Are there any things that stand out like, oh, I was totally going to do this and I can see now how it would have bit me in the butt or any things that stand out there? 
Yeah, for sure. So um, biggest things for me that he has really helped me with was just pricing and setting up pricing and just models of pricing. Um, I definitely would have priced things a lot lower. Um, everyone has that kind of imposter syndrome and he's like, no, 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 no. Let's not be silly here. <laughs> Let's set our pricing at the, the level at which you're at. So that has really been very helpful. Um, couple other things I can think of right off the top of my head is he's very much about planning your business rather than reacting to the business. So very much having a profit and loss and, and, and actually forecasting what we're expected to come in for the next few months, rather than being like, Ooh, amazing. I made X amount of dollars this month. And then being like, Oh, I've got some extra, maybe I'll spend it on this. Like, let's actually plan this out. Know that some services are just dropping. So we can't account for that, but what money do we know we have coming in? And once you set that number, you know, okay, I know I need two more personal training clients, or I'm not gonna be able to pay my rent or, Oh, I'm actually, I'm good right now. I've got a really busy month. I don't, I don't really need to market this month because I forecast it and I'm, I'm golden. I'm, I'm just, I'm comfortable here. Um, so that has been really helpful because I definitely would have had a more of a reactive style to the business. Like, Oh, woohoo, <laughs> there's money coming in. Whereas he was like, let that's a one day, nothing's going to come in and then you're going to feel totally screwed. So, um, was very helpful at forecasting that. I also have a history of overworking and having a terrible work-life balance. And he has not only become my, my mentor in business, but also just like life relationships, everything. So if that's a side notice, he's just awesome in my life because part of these intakes we do every single week is he basically says, okay, what do you need to work on in your business this week? Now, what do you want to have for family, fun, and friends? What do you have for health and fitness? What are you doing for you personally? So I was actually able to say, okay, this week, 60% of my time is in the business, 20% is with my family and, and actually think about those things rather than revolving my entire world around business. And my personal life was just like, let's just slide it in whenever we can find it. He's very much like set your life and put your business into your life. So uh, I'm very grateful for that because he's completely set me up to be able to have a very healthy work-life balance. Even sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm not working enough. <laughs> so that's been really, really helpful. It's just a reminder that I'm, I'm a human being before I'm a business owner. And that if I don't fill my own cup, uh, everyone else, everything else is going to fall apart. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one of the things that um, we talked about off the air a little bit that maybe doesn't fall into line, obviously, as a, a business tactic, but is, is important for you as an owner for a certain degree of fulfillment is everything that gets pushed really hard, the biggest marketing, the biggest sales things are all towards weight loss, lose weight, lose fat, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a decision that you made that you weren't going to embrace that aspect of things and you were going to go in a different decision. So from a absolutely objective business point of view, somebody can look at it and say, well, the highest return on ad spend isn't there, or, you know, this isn't the biggest chunk of the market, but for the business that you wanted to own and enjoy operating and be a part of, you didn't want to go that way and you found your own niche and how you wanted to go about it. So talk us through a little bit of that decision-making process and how you've integrated into the business and, and still managed, you know, despite what some people may say, to have a successful, you know, thriving, growing business sure. in a way that you're happy with. 
For sure. Yeah. So a little bit of backstory on me. I'm very open about it. So I have uh, dealt with disordered eating for many years of my life. Uh, I have, I would never say you're going to overcome it. There's parts where it's always going to kind of ebb and flow through your life, but I would say I'm at a point where I'm, I'm very, it's very well managed. Um, got good days and bad days. So because I had this experience with disordered eating, I found that the fitness industry just made things 10 times worse for me because I was following all of these accounts where everybody has six packs and super nice deltoids. And I was like, Oh my God, how come I don't look like this? I eat all these salads and I just can't look like this. And I was just always negative self-talking. I was stepping on the scale two, three times a day. I was super restrictive in eating. I was going on all these crazy diets that didn't work for me. And I just was so miserable and unhappy, caused a ton of anxiety in my life. Um, and when I got into the fitness industry, I still had that mindset. I was like, uh, you only do fitness because you want to, to earn what you eat basically. And it wasn't until I actually worked with a trainer who, um, so she was my trainer, I should say. She once said to me, I can deadlift 300 pounds. And I was like, that's so cool. She's like, I think that's way cooler than what I weigh. And I was like, you know what? That is so true. It is really instrumental to me that she cared more about what her body was capable of doing rather than how much she weighed or what it looked like. So that's where I kind of had this pivotal moment where I'm like, I think I have this wrong. I don't think I have this right. <laughs> so I started to really focus on what my body could do rather than how I looked and what I weighed. And when I started training people that way, I saw a lot more success. I saw happier clients. I saw people who loved themselves rather than this constant self-defeat. Oh, gain another pound, better not tell Sarah. Um, so I just found that it was just so much more in line with who I am and what I actually am striving to achieve here that I think that there is a place for fat loss in the industry. I mean, we do have an obesity epidemic in North America. So do I think people need to lose weight? Absolutely. But I think that in my opinion, the fitness industry might not be doing it in the right way because they are basically telling people if you're fat, you're ugly. And if you're ugly, nobody wants you. And then you get into this like negative, I'm ugly, I'm fat, no one's going to love me cycle. So when people are negative self-talking, there's a lot of emotional damage and people have a very hard time losing weight when they are not in tune with their emotions and their hormones are all off. So but that's a little physiologically speaking, but when we talk to people about positive reinforcement, I'm stronger. I feel better. I have less pain in my shoulder. Like, isn't that way nicer than, oh, well, you didn't lose five pounds, better step on the scale. Then there's anxiety around it. So I was really able to create a space here where we don't use any of that languaging. None of the classes are called booty blast this, fat blast that, um, I don't talk about what I weigh. I don't even have a scale here at the studio. Um, we just don't have that languaging. And there's a huge market, despite what people think, of people where weight loss isn't their goal. They, they're like, yeah, maybe I want to lose five pounds, but whatever. I actually really want to rehab the shoulder that's bothering me. Or, oh, I find I've got pain going up the stairs. And they just want to do fitness so that they can walk up the stairs that, and they're not breathless, that their shoulder's not bothering them anymore. So I've really been able to tap into the, the, the people who, in my opinion, have been kind of shafted from fitness because they're like, I actually don't really care what I weigh. I just want to feel better. So in some regards, yes, does it have the same return on investment as weight loss? Maybe not, but I'm tapping into a totally different market. And these are the people I want here. I find it very challenging to train people who 
just talk about their weight the entire time because I'm like just shaking my head. I'm like, this poor person is just in so much hatred with themselves um, that there's some there's some levels there that need to be addressed emotionally and psychologically before they can even change anything physiologically, weight wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it really stemmed from personal belief before <laughs> inexperience before there was a thought of how big of a facility, how many people can I train? What can I turn into business? It was just, it's a core belief for you that's translated to the business, for sure. but factored into it only so much as like, if I basically, if I can't have the business I want serving this type of clientele, mm -hmm. then I, it almost sounds like you just as soon not do it mm -hmm. than, totally. than have to, you know, go into a realm where you don't, find personal fulfillment and satisfaction. For sure. Yeah, totally. I, um, I actually don't take on any weight loss clients. I mean, five pounds or whatever, but if anyone who's looking to lose a lot of weight, I actually turn them away or I suggest some other to other people because it's not something that sits well with me. It's not something I really feel like I can help people with. Um, because I'm going to be like, yeah, you're at a wedding, eat a piece of cake. Like, like, right. So I'm like, maybe I'm not the best person because I'm just going to be like rooting them on to drink the wine and eat the cake. So, um, I have really been very specific about who I train and who I do not train mostly because I also think that people, when you're a trainer who takes on everybody, it is impossible to train everybody and everybody get all of the results they want. And if anybody thinks they can do that, I'm sorry, but you must be a superhuman because you can't help everybody with every single problem that they have. Having a specific niche where you know you do one thing really, really well, in my opinion, is much more sustainable and more fulfilling personally because I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting something out of helping somebody and it, and it looks different. And it is also amazing how many people happen to lose weight when they are training for other reasons. And they're like, Oh, this is cool. Like I feel great in my body now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent there. So I think one of the things that it also is a really strong compliment to it, or I guess you could argue chicken of the egg, but I think that it's, it's probably, if it were just you, you would have this group of like-minded individuals and as you've grown and scaled to now having a team that you've built out of, you know, uh, 11 other coaches or trainers, instructors, you yeah. know, people that are, are working with clients, you go the extra mile above and beyond all the standard things that especially in a super competitive market, like, tr like actual training, not just, you know, crowd control, herding kittens in a group of 50, like real training it's competitive and we know we have to do things like pay competitively and have good scheduling and, and all that, but you work really hard on the team building aspect so that it sounds like you're a unified front, a bunch of people who enjoy the type of clients you have yeah. and it can feed into each other. So tell me a little bit about where that came from, because it's all well and good to be able to know that, Hey, I love training this people and this is the way I'm going to do it. But when it comes to leaving these people that you care about with other people yeah. that can cause some anxiety for owners. So how have you gotten through that found, you know, the group that you have now and, and grown it to what it is? For sure. So I was pretty lucky in so much that when I used to manage other people, I created these really strong, long lasting relationships with these instructors. So even when I was no longer their manager, I was still in contact with 
all of them basically, um, just through social media or text or catching in. Cause I really, I have a very strong sense of community and I care a lot about people. So I, when I was managing them, always made the effort to take time to always talk to them before and after their class, if I had an opportunity, huge on team building. Um, so when I was looking for my team, I reached out to all of the people who I knew like and trust, <laughs> and I knew that they had similar values to where I'm at. Um, just letting them know that I was opening the studio. And if, if they had capacity to take on another class or client, and if they were interested in, in what I was doing, that I'd be, I'd, I'd love to have a meeting. So I got a bunch of people in, they were super eager to take on classes. Um, multiple people had just said that they really enjoyed having worked for me previously um, and that they missed the level of support that I gave them that they didn't always get from other supervisors at other, uh, other facilities. So I really just went back down to having formed such a strong relationship with these people throughout the last five years, they were like, yeah, I'll take this leap of faith with you and we're, you're going to open this studio and, and maybe this isn't going to work, but let's try this. And they're all still with me, which is totally awesome. A year later, they've got classes. I've actually been able to grow the team even more. Um, a couple of new people, a couple of referrals from instructors. Uh, we go out for dinner every three, four months. I just take everybody out. It's so important to me that not only do they have like a personal friendship relationship with me, with boundaries, of course, um, a relationship with me, but I also see that there is such a nice relationship between the instructors. After we go to these dinners, they're more likely to sub each other's classes. They're more likely to take each other's classes. They're more likely to just throw a joke out into our WhatsApp group chat that we have. Um, so it is just so nice to have this, this community relationship where they're actually friends now and it's awesome. And so when we do things together, like we even did our first trade uh, first aid training together. And we had a great time. We were like shooting timbits at each other. And it was just like, it's fun, right? It makes it a little bit more fun, especially because a lot of these, my team is instructors and they don't really run into each other. Right. So they teach their Wednesday night class. And then the other person teaches Tuesday morning. So like <laughs> they never see each other. So it is nice to have this community that we have been able to build without actually physically being together very often. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that can really, um, it can really be overlooked in that, you know, some of the things you said, like your instructors, they don't see each other. They're not, you know, they can be siloed. They may hear from one client like, oh, hey, you know, you're subbing in for Susie today or, you know, whatever the case may be, but there aren't, you know, and, and even text interactions aren't necessarily the same. And I think having some type of communications cadence, something where you get together and it's, you know, everybody's busy, they all have their lives, but usually you can get the majority of people together if it's for something that is fun, is team building, isn't just going to be another boring meeting that could have been an email. And as you build that camaraderie, it also, it works for staff retention, which works for client retention, which again, you know, I, I always look at, you know, what serves the owner, the clients, and the staff, yep. all three of those things. If it checks those three boxes, it's almost a guarantee that you should do it. You know, if you get two out of three, pretty good. If it's one out of three, probably throw it away. Um, unless it's just the clients, sometimes you can make that exception. But I love that you've put more focus on that above and beyond just like, well, we get a really nice gym, you know, or, you know, this is, you know, we pay a dollar more than everybody else. It's like, 
hey, these are the things we do to make people look forward to being part of this team, to be proud to, you know, maybe make friends or have lasting relationships that are uh, funneling in towards, you know, more fulfillment than you can just put on paper in black and white. So I, I really love that. Um, what I don't love is we're nearly out of time. So I guess the last thing that we're going to have time to hit here is you've been able to keep virtual, which a lot of people have done through the pandemic and had good luck. And then it just completely fell off afterwards. You still get really good engagement of it. What have you done to, to foster that, to find the people who are going to stick with it and make it worthwhile to keep it? Here we are, like, hopefully, fingers crossed, completely post-pandemic. For sure. Um, well, I think for some, it's hard for me to say why other people are falling off with other gyms in so much that I don't know what setup they have. Um, little backstory is all of our classes that are virtual are actually live streamed at the time of class. So it's not that this is just a recording for them to go and watch. It's actually a time of day that they need to log in and attend the class. So that would be step number one is I know that when we leave, um, leave it up to our clients to work out. There's a reason that they pay us. They're like, I'm just not going to do this. Okay. I, I said I had it on my calendar. I just didn't get to it. Whereas having a class to show up to and specifically personal training takes it to the next level, an actual appointment to show up to for somebody else is a huge piece when it comes to accountability. Like I have to, I signed up for this. I'm going to this class. It's at a specific time. If it's just a recording, it's way tougher to actually have that accountability because the only person you're holding yourself accountable to is yourself. <laughs> um, so that would be one thing for sure is having an actual class time because I have had people say, hey, are you going to leave these recorded? And I'm like, honestly, I don't really want that. And two, if, if, if the whole goal here is to have community, you watching recording doesn't do anything for us. We don't get to talk to you before class. We don't get to know if you've got your shoulder that's sore today. We don't actually get to interact. So all of our virtual classes are live streamed at the time of class. There is an appointment to show up to. And it is personalized in so much like you pop on class. Hey, I'm not feeling great today. If you see me leave early, that's why. Or, oh, my shoulder's really bothering me. If you could provide some shoulder modifications, that would be awesome. There's this actual um, accountability and personalized level to your instructor and, and vice versa. So I think that that would be one of the pieces that has kept the virtual as, as popular as it is. People's convenience level too. They're like, okay, if I work until five, all I have to do is hop on a Zoom class at 5.15. If they used to work till five, a 5.15 class doesn't work, right? Because they're like, okay, I got to get my car. I got to go. I got to get to change room. I got to go upstairs. I got to do my thing. So I think that some people it's been convenience. Um, some people it's just been comfort at home. They, they bought all the equipment. They may as well keep doing it at home, <laughs> right? So that has been working really well virtually free. I also have a corporate wellness program with um, a couple of companies. So their members are, their, their staff or employees, I should say, do have access unlimited virtual classes and then the corporation pays me. So I think that there's buy-in for that as well because they're like, oh, perfect. My corporation's already paying for me to do this. And that is in the virtual realm. So uh, that, that would be a component as, as well. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. I'd love to dig into a lot more stuff with you, but we are out of time. So the last thing before we let you go, um, where can people find out more, see what you're doing, website, social media, where are the places to follow you? 
Yeah, for sure. So website is www.studiomovement.ca, Instagram at Studio Movement Guelph, Facebook at Studio Movement Guelph as well. Just so you know, we're not a franchise, just somebody had already taken that name in UK or something like that. Uh, we are a, a sole proprietor. Um, that would be the best place to find us as website, Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Well, Sarah, I thank you so much for your time being on with us today. I wish you continued success and look forward to checking in on you in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. Sarah definitely dropped some, some knowledge bombs on us. So uh, if you didn't have a pen and paper, go back, re-listen, get some uh get some good ideas, borrow them from her, give her credit, whatever it may be. If you want to hear more episodes, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Jake Allen from Breakthrough Fit Co. in Hartsdale, New York. Jake, what's up, man? What's up, man? How are you feeling? Feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I almost said it was Friday. It's not Friday yet, but uh, almost <laughs> One more Friday. day. Almost. Uh, one of my favorite Instagram pages, but no, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Happy to talk shop. We're uh, pretty close here in proximity, which I always find cool for some for some reason. Um <laughs> you know, talking to people all over the world. So it's nice to have uh, somebody nearby, but Jake, let's dive in, man. So uh, Breakthrough Fitness Company, you've been in the industry a while. This is a, a newer type business, we'll say. Mm -hmm. So yep. let's talk about, first of all, you know, what you're trying to build here with your company, Breakthrough Fitco. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, first and foremost, it's seeing a problem and trying to solve it. And having 10 years of experience in the industry coming out of a global pandemic that shut down a large aspect of everyone's life, especially health and fitness, the ability to move. Um, I started to notice a lot of people having fears of going back to a large public fitness space where we do get sweaty. There are a lot of germs flying around, but I also more importantly realized that all of my clients that stayed with me on zoom or flipping into working out at parks or in home, we're saving a lot of money by not having to pay a gym membership. Um, and also I was able to charge them a little bit less than a premium corporate fitness industry price. And it just started to organically grow into something that I was like, you know what, I'm really hell bent on service and quality sessions and it more than just being a workout, but a relationship that we build. And I want to have a space that I can train other trainers to do that in and also focus in on this other niche clientele that I have that's within the special needs community and just create inclusion and equal access to health and wellness for as many people as possible. Yeah, I love it, man. And uh, yeah, a lot of good things there you said, Jake, that I agree with totally solving that problem like we talked about off camera here a few minutes ago. Obviously, every successful business needs that. And um We'll dive into that a little more in a second with what you're doing there at Breakthrough. But you mentioned there like organic growth, which uh, I'm always intrigued by. You know, it's obviously a real thing. 
especially yeah. during this uh, uh, pandemic time. You know, we're up here in the Northeast. You know, was, a lot of things are shut down for a while. How, how did that growth happen for you during the course of these what, year and a half, two year period? So one word that stuck with me through the pandemic is pivoting, right? You know, yeah. a lot of businesses had to pivot, some didn't. And we've seen the result of that as we've slowly come out of this global pandemic. And um, the next day after all of the gyms shut down, like I said, I was for, with a, a large corporate fitness center. Um, I was on Zoom the next day with my clients. We just yeah. were trying to figure out a way to keep them moving, keep them healthy. Some of them had to do pre-surgical exercises. Some had weight loss goals that I didn't want them to fall off the wagon with. And plus those in the special needs community that I was working with, I got working with their families because for them, everything being shut down was truly traumatic. Yeah. And just by continuing on, I started to realize like there's something here. And as we started to come out of the first wave and we thought life was getting back to normal again, um, I was starting to get referrals, word of mouth, which I think became the best marketing tool, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Um, and then I also noticed this niche within the special needs community that there was just nothing out there that existed for this community yeah. in health and wellness. And yeah. it just continued to be this organic growth as I asked questions and learned from the actual people that I was working with. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, asking. Sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Asking questions. You there? You back? Yep, I'm back. Sorry, man. Uh, no, I, I heard you. I uh, I was asking about special needs community and clientele. Were you working with them before COVID, or was this a thing that kind of happened during during the pandemic? So when I first got into health and fitness about ten years ago, which I feel like is an average time frame before a fitness professional really yeah. branches out to do their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I inherited a, a special needs fitness program when I was working on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, and they were pulling back on programs, but I generated such a relationship with these young adults that I was like, we need to keep this program yeah. around. And it was in that time that I was like, let me look up autism fitness. Um, there's a great certification out there called special strong that I have all of my trainers and team get and um, just learn about how to work with this, you know, demographic. And I've always been comfortable with it. Yeah. And also being but I think a strong, able-bodied individual, you know, certain clients that require more hands-on or manpower, you know, we really could evoke change within their bodies just through consistency over time and committing to them. And um, I just always continue to work with that community. Yeah, I think I think it's awesome, Andy. I was on your Facebook page and I saw you know, a lot of the videos you were posting there with with some uh, certain clients, which which is cool, man. So very, yeah. Awesome. Very, just do me a favor. If anyone goes onto that Facebook page, yeah. do not judge us off of those videos. The dance moves, you can judge us. <laughs> but that's what I was referring to. The dance moves, man. That's what oh I was yeah, to. yeah. Oh yeah. Gotta, There's a lot of dancing in here. Gotta have some fun. You know, we gotta have fun, right? Otherwise, yes, what the heck are we doing? So, uh, yeah, awesome. I love, I love that part of your business. Now, now, Jake, when you picked your your brick and mortar location, talk us through like your mindset and where you're you were at um, picking that. I know, I know where I am. We're not too far away. Uh, commercial real estate pricing is nuts. Uh, space yep. is limited, right? Uh, I'm sure Westchester is similar to Fairfield County. So uh, just talk us through your mindset and approach to the space you picked. Yeah. So obviously, you know, 
taking the leap to just go full on solo and get into a brick and mortar space was kind of a learn as you go. And like we mentioned before, ask questions, but we linked up with a great uh, commercial real estate agent. And I was just really hell bent on this one location that was right down by the Hudson that was sitting empty for the entire length of the pandemic a year prior, even. And I said, if it's still empty by the time we get to new year's, I'm going to call. And I did. And we started to make some really good movement and headway on this location. And we were just about a week away from signing papers before I got a call said, Hey, the space is no longer available. It was my dream space. It was a perfect vision. Right. Little did I know three days later, the perfect space was actually waiting for me. Okay. You know, I have my own personal basis of faith and this was one of those faith moments, but, um, I came in and saw this space that was originally a fitness center prior, did not need as much money to go into the renovations, right. turned out to be a lot more central to Westchester County. Yeah. And the other location would have put everyone right in rush hour traffic, especially yeah. during our yeah. after work peak times. And I guess the moral of that story with the process of looking for a location, be patient, don't settle, yep. know that it might not be what you had initially envisioned, but it will always work out if you continue to move forward from the letdowns. And it, in this case, it worked out to be a best case scenario. Yeah, it's, uh, I always find it interesting how it works out. I have a few similar stories too. Uh, that, that, that space will just appear, I think, eventually when the timing is right. Like, uh, so yeah, I'm like you with, with you, man, have that faith in that. Now, when you did pick this or the space you were thinking about originally, were you thinking about like, I could get X many people in here from a capacity standpoint, or is it, uh, I'm sure there's part of it. With gyms, we need like parking, high ceilings maybe. Yep. Sometimes like I wanted a big garage door with like, you know, the pull-up garage door. Um, yep. All these other things we need, I have to, have to be zoned for it. But where's your mindset with capacity and that sort of thing when picking the space? Yeah, so given that we were going to be an appointment-based facility, I definitely wanted to have the ability to have, you know, a small group class plus five training sessions possibly happening at the same time on the business end. What can you capitalize on within one hour of time? Right. Sure. Sure. But at the same time, I didn't want to just be a small little training box with some bands. I wanted to have showers and bathrooms. I wanted to have a nice clean space that I was proud to take pictures of that. I was Yeah. proud to invite people in to see because I want to cater to my clients. It was my yeah. clients pre-COVID that built this and all of the new clients and them that continue to benefit from this. Yeah. And if I could do it for them, that was my main thought with looking at a space is what can yeah. I provide them that's above and beyond just personal training. Yeah, no, I love that, man. And uh, kind of that full service location, uh, client centric, thinking of our clients first, you know, which is great. Is this your forever home or do you ever foresee yourself having to move or is this kind of going to be here for a while? So we're, well, I think we're definitely going to be here for a while. I mean, we did sign a 10 year lease and I'd, I'd love to say, cause our landlord is the man. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I do think we will at some point have a need to grow because yeah. the rate at which we're currently growing in just the eight months that we've been open has been really fast. And yeah. You know, right now it's what can we do outside of these four walls? We have a few community centers that we've been programming with projecting things out from fall. So there's going to be things happening in here, things happening at these JCCs and community centers that are directly around us in the hyper local community. 
um, you know, and also doing some programming with schools. But uh, if it keeps growing, we're going to need a larger space or a second location. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, great, great problem, right? Awesome problem yeah. to have. I think, um, yeah, and like, uh, not to stay in this real estate piece too long. I like, I love the real estate of side of fitness, but like, yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, we have listeners, Jake, that yeah, they want to open a gym. So like, uh, this is good knowledge for them too. You, you can sign a one-year lease, a five-year lease, a 10-year lease. Yep. What was the advantage for you guys? You just said your, your landlord is great, which is awesome and a huge asset. I've had some landlords that, I had one landlord, he just disappeared, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never saw him again. So, uh, well, what are the advantages for you for signing a 10-year lease? Did he give you like a build-out? Did you get X amount of months free up front? Or, or what was the uh, kind of, We'll say trade off there for a longer yeah. lease. So for for everyone listening that might not know about this aspect, yeah. there is something called rent abatement, which is basically three months, could be six months. It really depends on the situation, the price, and how aggressively it's going to increase month after month or year after year. Um, but we did get three months rent abatement plus our um, lease started on July first a year ago this coming July, but we got the keys a couple weeks early. Okay. And um, it didn't need a whole lot of build out because Big. the foundation was there. So yeah. I just had, you know, some family friends that work in some yeah. brick and mortar stuff, really handy, come in and, you know, business costs, spend as little as you can while making sure. as much as you can. So, you know, pooling together some resources within the network um, of people that I knew. Um, and then signing a 10 year lease, you know, was just beneficial because we have a big vision and growth and we wanted to give him security and we wanted to make sure that we had security and there was a little bit more wiggle room if we could expand what that looks like, but we did give ourselves an opt-out at year five. You know, you okay. always want to protect yourself when you're looking right. through these things, make sure that you have a good team behind you, a lawyer to comb through and a commercial real estate agent. Um, but also at the same time, it doesn't have to be a sharky game and it can be, um, it could just be, a guy who wants a business in his business so he can make money and a business that wants to thrive and grow. And if you guys just work, you know, for the greater good of both parties, you will come to a beautiful agreement right. where everyone's protected and everyone's happy. Yeah, no, I love it. And I'm glad we talked about this because, uh, you know, I think a lot of younger people, maybe opening gym, don't know these old things. You know, like you said, that opt out after five years, which is massive. Say you do have to move because of growth or like hmm. who the hell knows what happens or, you know, yeah. yeah things happen right so it's good to have that and uh really good to get three months up front um kind of can do a little pre-sale a little build out get things up and running maybe yeah. uh, break before you open so yeah a lot of good stuff there and like uh, i would say like uh a deal is only good if both parties win so that's yeah you know, that's always cool so jake 100%. i appreciate you sharing yeah i appreciate you sharing that man so let's dive into the gym now so uh i know we kind of ran through your model a little bit but just for the listeners man what services do you offer there uh fully at breakthrough fit Yep. So our main bread and butter is 100% personal training and small group classes. Now those small group classes can look a little bit different because some of them are special needs fitness classes. Um, so it's different than what you would think of with an orange theory or a gym like that. Um, and then we also partner with local businesses um, on a rental term um, to help them grow their business. Cause I think to give is to gain and um we offer, uh, we're partnered with a registered dietitian, a massage therapist. We have um, an awesome business called Superhuman Soul that we've partnered with that does underground yoga on Saturday nights. It's a big speakeasy kind of vibe where you enter around the back, go into the basement, 
Um, and it's a lot of fun. Sometimes we have a live DJ and then we have a large format superhuman class on uh, Sundays, which will kick your butt. It's boot camp awesome. on steroids. Um, oh, I like that. I like that. So there's, there's variety and offerings for everyone um, to expand upon their training programs so yep. we can yep. provide them with success. I love it, man. I love it. And I, I just love the word speakeasy. I don't know what it is, but like you saying that makes me want to come there even, even more. Like, uh, you know, very well, listen, it's It's a secret, but we tell everyone, but don't tell exactly. them that. Yeah, it's classified, but it's not classified. Yep. Yeah. Between us is a big secret. So <laughs> yeah, no, man, very cool. So we have a lot of good stuff going on, a lot of good local partnerships, like so some affinity marketing there, which brings me to my next one, man. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Jake, had good amount of growth here in the first eight, nine months, right? So yep. talk to us about what you've done, you know, to market your business, to get uh, new clients in the door or bring back maybe old clients. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So granted, this is coming from a more startup, you know, gym mm-hmm. perspective. Um, we've spent very little on marketing. I think the best marketing you could do is a deliver a great service so you can generate raving fans and create yep some sort of incentive for them to go out and invite other people in. Cause once they're in through the door, yep. they're there, you make a connection. Um, right. You know, marketing that we do spend, cause I consider this marketing is sponsoring events like five yeah. K's or helping out events for some of these um, local organizations like Gigi's yep. playhouse for down syndrome, um, right. showing up, shaking hands, taking pictures, posting it out on social media. Yep. Um, it helps us just expand and meet people. And through that personal connection, we've gotten people in. And if two people become a raving fan and bring in four people, and then now we have eight people becoming a raving fan and they bring in more people. We've just been really blessed in the fact that people come in, enjoy the service, see results, have fun in the process. Um, but that's been our main source of marketing is showing up at events, 5Ks, festivals, meeting people, inviting them in and uh, referrals. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth, obviously a big part of what we do. Right. And uh, I like, I love the term raving fans. If we can get a hundred of those, it's a great 200. Awesome. Right. Is there any other ways that you can, um, I was thinking of ways to like systemize everything, right? Like, is there a way to systematize, word of mouth, like to give incentives to, to these members. Uh, you know, some people like love t-shirts or like a, a free month or like a yeah. pack of sessions or any, anything you're doing there or maybe thinking of adding in the future. Yeah. So we actually just did a big order of t-shirts and tank tops for the yeah. summer. And then we'll do another yeah. type of swag thing for the fall. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyone who refers a friend or a client in gets an automatic free session. Nice. Okay you know, tacked on. And then, you know, little by little, we're trying to get more giveaways and experiences um, and whatnot, but yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's huge. And uh, yeah, I'm always looking at ways to, again, systematize this to uh, make that word of mouth even better than than it is, you know, like uh, everything else, right? Like what, what do you see as far as capacity in your space, Jake? I know it's PT heavy group training, uh, is it more PT though, right? So one-on-one you, you, uh... it's a good blend of both. I would say though, okay. the majority is, is one-on-one. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So what is like for you, what does your like full book look like? Like what can you handle in a day for your, yourself? Yeah. So in terms of me personally or my team yeah. as well, 
We'll say the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. So basically if, if we have eight trainers doing one-on-one or four trainers in a group class going on, that would be ideal as of current because of, you know, general trends that I'm sure people listening see in the fitness industry, early mornings and after school, after work are peak times. So I'd still like to fill out that, you know, afternoon timeframe, although we do have people in at that time, it's just more quiet, but our three to seven has been getting pretty slammed. Um, And also I have about six trainers coming in on June 10th that have a big early morning crew. So the times are starting to fill out and, you know, we're also, we're not at our capacity yet. We might have a few gaps of really busy hours, but you need to follow the trends of where is it peaking? Where is it not? What's the demographic that I want in that time spot? Right, right. And for anyone listening, if, if you think about who's coming in those early morning hours, you get a lot of intense, you know, right. warrior type people who are the weekend warriors that come Saturday, Sunday, yeah. who are my working professionals or right. school age kids that are coming, you know, five o'clock on and who either owns a business or is retired or, is a stay at home or whatever, like where are the businesses that have that market? Where can I go to leverage that demographic that I want to get in there so I can start to fill out those times? For sure. Yeah. Like knowing our, like you just, like you just mentioned, Jake, knowing our avatar or client that fits, obviously we can market that, market that to them at certain times are huge, especially, you know, what, what our market in our area is. Have you guys done any kind of paid advertising or used social media um, in that way and not just organically, but like inorganically. Yeah. So we've definitely run some ads on, uh, social media and it has brought people in. We find Facebook over Instagram has been more beneficial just because, you know, a lot of our demographic is, you know, more on Facebook Facebook and in Facebook groups, especially as it pertains to the special needs community. Um, but nonetheless, it also, I think having a mission and a why behind your business and behind what you do can really help your growth. Because when we run these advertisements, we're really excited to show off our clients and what we're doing and what our yeah. mission and goal is. Um, and that before anything just gets that conversation yeah. going even more. Yeah, I agree for sure, man. And uh, it's a good platform to use, right? They're a huge platforms, so we might as well tap into it. And uh, social media is powerful in in, in any regard that when you connect with people, even in person or like at an event and you post something with the pictures and you tag it and then someone else sees it, they end up coming in. And so paid advertising can become organic as well. You can for sure. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, it's okay, man. It keeps rolling down (laughs) the hill. 1000%. 1000%. So uh, as long as the ROI is there, we're not spending like crazy numbers and getting nobody in the door, right? Like, so, yeah. uh, and there was obviously a skill to that these days, obviously. But so you mentioned earlier, Jake, raving fans, which I love. I know we want to create everybody we have there. That leads me to like retention. So what are you doing now to create even more of those raving fans as far as client engagement? I know you mentioned some events earlier you guys go to and participate in uh, ways you can communicate with your clients outside the gym. What is like your, your plan and strategy just to create more and more raving fans? Yeah. So, you know, for first off, for every client that is here, they're always on their toes because they never know what environment they're walking into because it's always a fun yeah, yeah. party vibe in here. Um, nice. 
my team and I were always sending follow-up messages to our clients, um, tips that they could utilize for nutrition, fitness, nice. um, making sure that they're consistent, writing out a homework plan. And we don't yeah. charge extra for that. We just want it to be yeah. more than just a session, like I had said earlier. And um, the beauty of not being a paid for gym membership and like you're just paying for your personal training services, all of our clients, we say, hey, if you have a homework and you need a spot to do it, come on in because then you get that extra accountability. So we're yeah. real just accountability partners, coaches, and friends, yeah. right? Um, now, beyond that, we do, we'll have the t-shirts made up so we can give them swag and outfit them and stuff. We'll have pop-up events like Moms and Mimosas where the moms can come in on a yeah. Sunday and especially with having the niche of the special needs community, they can right. all lean on each other and we're creating a network there. So yeah. we're creating community with these different events, inviting them to whatever that we're going to be at. But when you start to create community and they feel like they're a part of something bigger than just them, yeah. when you're taking that extra step to check in because you actually care or to at yeah. least show that you care. I think for us, that's the biggest thing that we could do in terms of retention and keeping our clients. Yeah, I agree so much. Uh, and these. I wrote down three things, man, as you were talking that I think are key um, to what you guys are doing and to any, anybody else listening, but like conviction, like we actually give a crap, right? Yeah, Which 100%. I, know you, I can tell you do through this Zoom lens here, a thousand percent. Uh, and then that creation of community, obviously this word gets thrown around a lot, but I think there's so much weight to it, right? Like in, yep. uh, people are longing for this community, like uh, in person, especially after the past two and a half years of craziness, right? And then um, I like the, obviously you said about the communication piece, piece which is great. And then uh, added value, which you mentioned. Uh, with 100%. Right? So like that's huge. That's awesome. Yeah. So getting a lot of clients, getting a lot of bang for their buck, so to speak. So yeah. Awesome way to create raving fans. A thousand percent. Um, yeah. What, uh, what is next, man? So breakthrough fit co have this great space, um, different model, different services and models going here, creating this raving fans community. Uh, what's the next 12 months for you, Jake, from a, a growth perspective and like your main focus on your business right now? So, yeah. So, you know, I would love to open up a second location um, in the county right across the Hudson from us here in Westchester in Rockland County, which is where I yeah. grew up and just moved back to. Um, but I'm also getting some requests to open one a little bit north Westchester around the Bedford Katona area. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, the idea is to plant communities with personal trainers that, like we said before, care, that are trained from the top down to deliver a great service, to have the concept of inclusion where we're all bodies in space, whether it's autism, Down syndrome, an athlete, a hip replacement, we could all work to achieve something and we all can communicate different. You know, I don't see the word disability. I see different ability and right. you myself to the next person are all a little bit different ability. Yeah. If you think yeah. about it. Sure. Um, and in terms of an immediate goal for the next 12 months is I'm finding a big problem with uh, transportation and lack of workers to help the special needs community hmm. get from a group home to our fitness center or so I'm hoping to be able to start providing and uh, a form of transportation, be it we buy a van or outsource a company. Um, and then that led me to the idea of a fitness mobile an outfitted gym where for those really busy professionals, you know, thinking outside of the four walls without even the second location yet, we'll right. take the gym to you. We'll have squat racks coming out the side of the, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The truck. I've seen them before. Yeah. And if you could think it, you can do it. Thousand percent. You know, I agree. And I love what you said there. Basically, plant communities with uh, trainers that, that care. Back to that conviction thing. And yeah, I've seen about the mobile gym. I've seen, I talked to somebody uh, a few months back. He uh, had those, uh, what's Chuck Norris push? What is it? What is that? The uh, total body, the total gym or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had those attached to his truck and they would pop out and they yeah. would do that in a park. So, uh, listen, if yeah. you're innovative, I've seen some, some cool fit mobiles out there. Yeah, yeah. Now, he was in California. So, obviously, the weather, Southern California, yep. you can do it all year. I know we're Northeast, so a little <laughs> different. But, uh, no, uh, Jake, this is awesome, man. I think a great place to, uh, to wrap up and, uh, give this episode, uh, you know, wrap this puppy up. So where can the listeners find you? Social media, your website, all the good stuff, all that good stuff so we can follow along your story. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's across the board, Breakthrough Fit Co. Instagram, Facebook, www.breakthroughfitco.com. Um, yeah, check it out. Watch some videos, click through, and you'll, you'll see what we're about. Some dancing videos on there, which I like, which is good. Yep. yep. <laughs> good stuff, man. Jake, all right, thanks so much, man. Appreciate your time today. This is great. Definitely, man. I appreciate you. You got it. And listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for all of our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Darian Miskell from D1 Training out of Indianapolis, Indiana. What's going on, Darian? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome, brother. I'm excited to have you on. We had a little bit of technical difficulties in the beginning, but I appreciate you for, you know, uh, staying patient and figuring out with me here. Right. Um, of course. Cool, of man. course. So, 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 yeah, let's not waste any time getting into the details here. Um, how did you get started? What is it that made you get started with, you know, running your own facility? For sure. Um, I was an athlete my whole life and I trained at an early age um, outside of just going to practice at sports. I loved training um, and doing strength training and weightlifting. So um, once I got to high school, college, I studied exercise science. I lived in Illinois. Um, after I got out of college, I moved over here to Indy and worked a couple of different jobs, personal training and basketball training. Um, but then I started here at D1 Sports at the factory and we've worked my way up to now I'm a general manager here and we help run this whole facility. Um, we've been here for about five years now. Awesome. Awesome. Five years, too. I, I don't know if you know the actual statistic, but most gyms don't make it past their third year. So the fact that you guys are here at year five, you know, something to be proud about. Um, and something worth talking about as well. 
Um, but cool. So I, I would love for you to give the listeners your own elevator pitch, pitch of D1 training and the services that you guys offer. Yeah, for sure. So we are D1 sports training. Um, our motto is the place for the athlete. Um, so we do focus on sports training um, and athletic training, but we also do cater to general fitness and um, general population adults. So people who want to come in and just regular strength train or weight loss, or you want to get that uh, little extra kick um, and you want to really train like an athlete and train a little bit harder, um, we have that as well. So we like to blend um, training athletes and training general fitness adults and giving everybody kind of what they're looking for. Awesome. Awesome. So you're offering, you know, a pretty wide variety of services, stuff for not only athletes, but for general fitness as well. You also um, have an open gym for, for basketball uh, people are training in basketball as well. So that's super cool to see. Um, you know, that leads me to my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now? Uh, our members hover around anywhere from 100 to 150. Um, throughout the year, as everybody knows, there's cycles, those go up, those go down, um, winter, summer, fall, schools in, schools out. Um, so those numbers change, um, but that's about where we hover right now. Cool, cool. So you're sitting at about 150 members. You guys have a really big, good-sized facility. Um, I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at, or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? Oh, we're definitely trying to increase that number for sure. That's a good number to be at for right now, um, but we're never satisfied. Um, we do want to increase that number and you know keep pushing and delivering our service to as many people as we can. Awesome. And so since you know you guys are wanting to see some new faces, help some more people um, at some point, what are you guys actively doing right now to aid that growth process? For sure. So as obviously as of right now, um, social media is a big thing, you know, for marketing. Um, you have to have a presence on Instagram, Facebook, um, even TikTok's becoming big that people need to get on and just have a presence on. Um, so we definitely do a lot of social media and marketing and posting and showing what we do. Um, but then the other big thing is just uh, inside of here, we really focus on delivering our service to the members that are here, giving them a really good uh, workout, a really good training session, and then they're going to use that um, word of mouth to spread our uh, business as well. So that's the biggest thing for us is um, the clients that we do have, the athletes that we do have, they're going to, you know, talk about us and give our um, you know, let, let everybody know how good we are. And, you know, we don't have to do too much marketing and pushing for ourselves, at least not yet. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. And word of mouth is huge, especially with building that strong baseline of, of membership. And it, it really shows, you know, proof of product, right? Proof of value. Um, the fact that your members are willing to refer family, friends, it shows that, that, that the value that the service you're giving is working for them. And it really is, you know, helping them changing their lives, helping them get to their fitness goals. Um, the bad thing I would say about word of mouth is that it's really hard to make like a game plan for growth based off that, right? Because, you know, although last month, let's say you were able to get 10 members in from word of mouth, um, it's hard to, to look at the next three months, let's say, look at, um, you know, May, June, July, and be able to say that you'll get 10 members in consistently on those months as well. Um, that's something where, where, like you said, social media has really changed the game. And it kind of sucks to say that, that you have to have a social media presence online now in order to, to run a successful business to some point. Um, but, but yeah, it, it definitely has changed the game. Have you guys done any type of paid advertising or, you know, like Facebook ads, Instagram ads? 
Yeah, we have. And just to touch on that for sure, like a, a lot of us coming from sports and from, you know, strength training, like our, um, our strength is not social media or marketing, right? And so then that's kind of something that we have to get out of your comfort zone to start building that up, um, which we've done. But um, sorry, what was the question going into that? Yeah, I was asking if um, you guys have ever tried any type of Facebook ads or Instagram ads to, to oh, get yeah. those, to drive new members. That's actually the main way we use our ads right now um, is social media through Facebook and through Instagram. Um, so different sales that we have going on, flash sales or membership options or just kind of getting out awareness. Um, so we'll put an ad paid advertisement up um, showcasing one of our groups or showcasing a member and highlighting them or a promo that we have going on for that time. Um, so honestly, Instagram and Facebook is probably our number one way we reach people with uh, marketing at the moment. Awesome. Awesome. Do you guys run the ads yourself or uh, do you have like a like a team that runs the ads for you? Yeah, so we have a team that puts things together, um, but really it's in-house. Like we don't pay somebody outside of here. Um, so we collaborate and make those promos and then we put them out ourselves. Yeah. And I know you you guys are a franchise location. Does, you know, the D1 franchise help you guys market at all to, to get new members in? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we definitely collaborate with them as well. Um, we can use their help as much as we want or as little as we want. Um, they're a great company that way where you can kind of use them as you need. Um, but each franchise kind of is able to operate on their own. Um, so they have a framework that you can use. They have templates that you can use, but then we can kind of find our way from there. Cool, cool. And are you able to track um, like your results that you get for, from the paid ads that you do run, like your cost per lead? The amount of yep. leads that you get per week yeah so right now we use the uh, marketing um software scorpion so okay. that's what we use coming through to track our sales and our emails and everything and then we also have a uh, loyal snap but we have those two that we use the softwares that we can track the calls coming in um sale volume um the leads that we get and if those actually turn into clients and paying members um so we track all of that as we go through yeah really important so many so many gym owners um you know, shy away from, from tracking, um, you know, tracking, tracking numbers, keeping track of numbers. And it always kind of, you know, bewilders me because, you know, people, gym oh, owners are usually people who are so involved with fitness and they'll track their sets, their reps, um, you know, which workout they're doing, but they won't track the numbers to their business. Right. And at the end of the day, it's just numbers to tell you, you know, what's working well, what isn't and what you need to work on. So especially when it comes to like your leads and where they're coming from, um, it's important to track that stuff, right? So at least you could say, hey, most of our leads are coming from Facebook. Um, that means we should probably put some more money into Facebook to get some more members into here, right? Right. So we look at that. Exactly. We look at, okay, when we put something out on Instagram or Facebook, or if you put something out on the radio or wherever it is, okay, where are these leads coming from? Are people just calling in? Are they just walking into the facility? Um, so you can look at that and see, okay, there's X amount of people, you know, we're getting leads from this. We need to put more money into that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why we've done more Instagram and Facebook because our, you know, target demographic, um, you know, athletes that are, you know, teenager age and then young adults, they're mostly using social media. They're mostly on Instagram. They're mostly on Facebook. So that's how we're going to reach them. Um, so that's where we've uh, mostly put our effort into and our energy into. Awesome. Awesome. What type of, um, just curious here, offers do you guys play on your Facebook ads? Do you, do you know um, what, what, like, do you guys do like a free you know, some people do a free six week transformation or different challenges. Um, right. 
what what works well for you so, guys? Our so we always have a first uh, session is free. So okay. we have a free trial session that you can always come in and try us out for free and just see what it is. Um, and that's the base for everybody coming in. Um, but then once you're a member, we have an ongoing deal. If you're a member, there's a referral program where if you bring a friend in, they sign up on a membership, you get a month free next time. So that's just something that, okay, if you're already a member, there's also a way for you to keep getting a free month or keep getting a discount if you're helping us bring people in. Um, so we do that as well for client retention and just uh, to keep our members active with us too, like you said, building a community. Um, and then honestly, the biggest thing I would say is making sure that um, the leads that we get, we're on them quick. So we have a really big thing about any, whether it's a call, an email, um, you need to respond to that person fast. And we try to get them at least within 24 hours. At latest, we want to be 48 hours. So we want to get back to people quick and get them in the door. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game. Leads usually, after 48 hours, if you can't get them in, usually the lead's gone. Um, right. So, so no, really smart. Do you guys have like a sales team, like sales associates that, that are actually making the sales, making the phone calls, nurturing leads for you guys? Yes. So we have a front desk staff that they're up there to greet members and welcome them in. But they're also our quote unquote sales staff who they're looking at Scorpion. They're taking in Instagram. They're looking at our messages. They're looking at our emails, our phone calls, and they're getting back with people all day um, and selling ourselves and setting up free trials and all that. Awesome. Awesome. So, so a question that I do like to ask here, just because I think it's a good way for you to reflect on your past years of running your gym. Um, what was something that was easier than you thought when it came to, you know, operating your facility and what's something that's more difficult or more unexpected when it came to running your gym? Hmm. Um, man, is anything ever easy running? A <laughs> you could start with the difficult. I'm sure you have a lot more, uh, to say yeah. on the difficult part. Um, I would say, honestly, like last year, um, when we were coming back from COVID and lockdown, um, we, I thought it would be much tougher getting people back into the gym and back excited to work out outside of their homes and wanting to come to a gym um, and work out in a group. But we actually found kind of the opposite where a lot of people were itching to get back into a group setting or train, obviously, safely and in a, you know, spaced out environment. But somewhere where they could actually go and work out and see people and have a coach or have a group around them. Um, so that really uh, did surprise me. That was easier than I thought coming back from COVID. Yeah. Um, but then kind of going along with that, um, the tougher thing is, like I said, client retention and long-term client retention, um, especially with adults. Um, so you find that with adults, um, unless they have a dedicated coach, like one-on-one -on -one that they're working with all the time, a lot of times for group training, people like to try out different things. So they might be at one gym for a few months and they go try out a different gym for a few months. And it's kind of just like novelty. Um, so really trying to get clients um, retained for three, six, 12 months at a time instead of just a few months um, was harder than I thought it would be. Um, but it's kind of a fun game to play on. Um, each person who comes through is a little bit different in how you got to work with them to keep them coming to your gym. Um, and so it's fun kind of managing people and personalities, but uh, definitely difficult as well. Right, right. I mean, you know, people, people want to see the results, right? And that's, that's the way you keep them for, for a long period of time. Um, no, no, definitely. And 
another question that I do like to ask here is, you know, if you could wave like a magic wand, let's say, right, a magic business wand and have your business be in the exact position that you want it, um, what exactly would that look like to you? Um, in terms of like the amount of clients or like, uh, I'm sorry, what's, let's say like the perfect business in your eyes, right? I mean, everyone has, um, you know, they have their business and then they have the goal of what they want it to look like. Um, if you could, if you could say like what the perfect business, the perfect D1 training facility would look like to you, um, what exactly would that look like in your facility? Would it be Uh, more workers, more more semi-private, more private training for the general fitness side, um, yeah. more athletes? Um, right now, I'd say our biggest thing is um, offering more specialized groups. Um, so right now we have like general boot camp or strength groups. You know, your boot camp group, you're going to burn calories a little bit more. Uh, strength group, you're going to get stronger and build muscle mass, right? Okay. So those are just kind of the two general groups we have. So kind of like I was talking about member retention. So that kind of gets stale sometimes and only having two options. So you kind of touched on a few minutes ago, having like a six week transformation or, you know, a summer shred program for, you know, um, eight months during June and July. Um, Little things that kind of keep people excited. um, That's more so uh, what I would say is what we need to get into. Right, right. I mean, it keeps them active. Um, you know, and keeps them intact with like the reason why they're there, their goals, right? They're trying to get to that end of the six weeks and and see that transformation, see the progress that they made. Um, Do you guys offer any any semi-private or private training for your general fitness side of athletes? Yep. So we have, honestly, our our groups are pretty small. Um, We are, we average anywhere from three to six, four to eight people in a group, which for most, um, it's pretty small. Some groups um, at other D1s are running like 10, 12, 15, 20 people at a time. Um, so we like to keep our groups a little bit smaller. But then outside of that, we also do personal training and partner training that people can do. Um, so if you don't want to be in a small group, you can also do personal one-on-one training that's separate. And we have a lot of clients who do that. They'll keep a membership and do groups and they'll do their group training a couple days. But then they also get a personalized program and do one-on-one training with a coach as well. And that's what we find is really the best bang for your buck is you get that group training and that social setting but then you also get a one-on-one feel with a coach and you get to do things that's personalized to you Um, so that's kind of been where we've seen the most success with our members and actually seeing results too yeah definitely and that's where you know you keep client retention i talked to you know a lot of gym owners who who really use the group training model um, as a way to to ascend clients to higher levels of service, things like semi-private, private, um, you know, where they'll actually see the real results and get the real value. Um, and then not only for yourself as, you know, the general manager for as a gym, um, you know, it makes them more valuable to you in the form of being able to make more money for them for paying for the higher levels of service. Exactly. So you're on that, right? It's kind of like a tiered level thing. So you've got your base level where they're on their group membership, and then somebody who's been there and they've said, hey, I've you know, kind of seen results. I love this place, but I need a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so then it's, hey, do you do personal training? Can I get one-on-one? I'm really trying to focus on you know, this specifically. Do you have a program for that? And so then we can set them up with a coach that kind of fits their needs and they can get that one-on-one training as well. Um, so yeah, we, we have a lot of people that end up going from you know, kind of the base level and then just kind of a little bit more. They're paying for personal training and then partner training and you know, going down the line. 
Awesome. Awesome. Do you guys, um, I want to touch a little bit on, you know, the different type of services that you guys offer because you do touch, um, you know, a couple different type of demographics within your gym. Um, do you guys sell anything like nutrition, accountability, supplements? So we don't do nutrition per se. We don't have any nutritionists on staff. So what we say is we can give guidance. So we give general guidelines on kind of, um, you know, how to keep your diet in check, um, but we do refer out for nutrition. However, we do offer recovery services here where we have a hydro massage bed, we have a cryotherapy um, unit that we use for cryotherapy, and then we also have cupping and grasping services. Um, so we have um, more like soft tissue and muscle recovery services that are offered they started as for our athletes, but then we also offer them to our general fitness clients as well. So if you come in and you get a membership with us, you also have access to those services. And that just kind of is an, um, an upsell for us as well um, right. for people to come to our facility. Not a lot of people have that where you can strength train and get your workout in, but then you can also get your recovery in under one roof. Usually you've got to go to a separate place for that. Yeah, definitely. And I always say that at least you know, 20 to 30% of your members not only have the money to, to pay for better service, but they want the better service, right? So if you're able to offer things, like you said, accountability, private training, semi-private, um, even supplements, right? I mean, at least, you know, especially training athletes, at least 20% of them are buying, you know, a protein, a BCA, a pre-workout, um, you know, outside of your facility. So if you could find a way to offer it inside of your facility, um, it makes it all that much better for you, that much more room to grow, that much more room to make more revenue um, and so forth. Absolutely. We uh, So we have a contract with Pepsi and that uh, therefore it's Gatorade. So okay. we have Gatorade products for all of our athletes that we use and we, they have protein shakes and nutrition shakes. So those are kind of the supplements that we push and that um, that partnership with Gatorade also obviously helps us out a little bit with selling. Um, but then we also have apparel. So shirts, hats, sweatshirts. We have apparel that's the factory D1 training that people can buy as well. So we have a few different things that we offer that um, you know are just little revenue boosters. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I, I do want to touch a little bit on your goals for this year as well. Um, looking at the next, you know, six to 12 months, what would you say, what direction is D1 training go, going towards? What's your, um, you know, the big goal, the big picture for you guys? For sure. So uh, like you kind of touched on, so most gyms don't make it past three years. Um, we're on year five and we're trying to continue to grow. Um, so we're growing our membership. We want to continue to grow our revenue. Um, we also want to add more coaches and more staff. So my biggest thing is really trying to push the needle um, and grow our revenue to where we know that we can start adding some more positions in, but also rewarding our staff that's here that's worked really hard um, and getting to pay them a little bit more. Um, so we definitely are trying to push and grow awareness, um, grow our footprint in the city in Indianapolis. Um, but then moving forward, we definitely want to keep growing our, our membership and our revenue. And what's your plan for that, for growing your revenue? Are you looking more at, you know, doubling the amount of members that you have or restructuring, you know, different things so that you could grow from within your facility? Right. So right now, just the way things are with, you know, the world and inflation and prices going up everywhere. Um, we don't want to be bringing our prices down, um, but we also don't want to increase them a lot either. So we've kind of stayed stagnant with where our membership costs are, and we're trying to then increase our membership and the amount of people that are coming in. 
Um, so right now that that pretty much calls for, like we talked about, uh, social media, more awareness, more people getting eyes on us and what we do. And then once they get in the door, like I've talked about, delivering that service and retaining those clients and, you know, showing them how great this place is. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Darian. I think that's a good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. Um, but before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, social media pages, um, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah, for sure. So we have two different social media pages. We are at D1 Training Indie and at The Factory Indie. And then our website is www.thefactoryd1indie.com. And you can check any of those out, man. We're pretty active on social media. We'd love everybody to follow us and we'll follow back as well. Awesome, you guys. D1 Training out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Once again, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate you joining today, giving some of your time. Um, I look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.